Hello, this is Howard Kravitz, the host of the HHH Racing Podcast. Welcome to episode 131 of the podcast. Thanks for joining us tonight. We've got a really exciting show. We're going to be combining recent Kentucky Derby news and briefly talk about some of the horses that have defected and some of the horses that are now in the Kentucky Derby. And then we're going to talk about a fascinating late pick five sequence this Saturday at Santa Anita. They have four stake races within the sequence. There are two stake races, big field at Santa Anita this weekend on Saturday. Very excited to talk to you about that. Please make sure you subscribe to the bottom right hand side of the screen. Our subscriptions have gone way up. I am so proud and thankful. We have a lot of people, new people joining the show. Thank you very much. Make sure you hit that subscribe button on the bottom right-hand side of the screen on the YouTube channel. And then also hit that notification bell because that'll tell you when new content will be brought up on the channel. Also, smash that thumbs up button. Really appreciate it. If you are listening right now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Anchor, thank you very much for listening on those platforms and subscribing. But if you have subscribed on those audio platforms, please make sure you go to the YouTube channel also and subscribe there. I'd greatly appreciate it. We're trying to get to 1,000 subscribers and more. We're almost at, we're about 950 approximately. Just need 50 more. That's a handful. So please make sure you tell everyone to subscribe to the HHH Racing Podcast on YouTube. Of course, you can follow me on Twitter as well as my Twitter uh, handles have gone up also, and I put a lot of great content, I believe, out there on Twitter. You can see it on my name tag there, at hkravitz on the bottom of the screen. And also right now on the bottom of the screen on the scroll is my email. It's hkravitzhorse at gmail.com, H-K-R-A-V-E-T-S, horse, at gmail.com. Feel free to email me with any questions, comments, uh, concerns, anything about the show. And also... Please make sure down below the video player you comment. We don't get as many comments down below the video player because we are a live show, but I'd really appreciate any comments you have about the show. Positives, negatives, whatever you feel like, as long as they're appropriate, please make sure you comment below the video player. If you're joining me in the live chat, we already have a lot of people right now live here on YouTube on Thursday night here just after 8 o'clock Eastern. Uh, join that live chat, chat top right-hand corner. Uh, we're going to have a very lively discussion again tonight with my two fantastic uh, newly crowned co-hosts. Uh, we'll interject your questions and comments, of course, just like this one right here from Stan Drayden. Stan, I'm doing great. The Stan Man is here. We have a new viewer. Love the people at Arkansas, Oakland Park. I love it. Stan, welcome to the show. Get your friends to make sure they join the show and subscribe. I love when we have new people coming onto the show. Thank you, Stan. Appreciate it. Just like Stan right there, just comment and just bring you up on the screen. It's real simple. few quick uh, comments. Again, we are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Anchor, where you can listen to replays. The Race Day blog. I went over a lot of information on Tuesday, so please make sure you check out the Tuesday show also. But again, as many of you know, but not all of you, Below the video player, if you just click show more, I have three different promotions going on. One is the race day blog. We have some new people who have bought into the blog recently. Thank you very much. It's fantastic 
price pays, uh, price plays, spot plays, pick fours, pick fives, ABC grids. Uh, before last week, I haven't done the stats yet. I have an over five dollar ROI. Um, hitting awesome Jerry at twenty to one definitely helps that ROI. I know a lot of people out there had awesome Jerry two weeks ago at Keeneland. Uh, one of my uh, best plays of the week, a spot play. So join the race day blog. I also have a promotion through BetUS, which is a fantastic uh, betting platform site. You can receive over 125% of free bets. Again, look below the video player and you can find out how to do that. And then the podcast pool. Now, I want to talk a little bit about the podcast pool. If you uh, are on my email list, uh, you received a long email today about the super fact, the $1 super effective bet that we're going to be playing in the Derby. If you have no idea what the podcast pool is, you didn't receive that email, etc. cetera. Uh, I'm going to talk about a little more in just a minute here, but feel free to email me hkravitzhorse at gmail.com. Again, look at the bottom of the screen there. If you're watching on YouTube and you see the scroll and I will give you information about not only the podcast pool, but the $1 super effective bet that we're going to be playing on the Kentucky Derby. Before I bring on my guests, and I'll bring them on here, I shouldn't call, I'm not going to call them guests anymore. Excuse me, gentlemen. My co-hosts, I'm so used to saying guests. My two co-hosts. I want to talk about next week, and I have a banner for that, so let me bring this up here uh, very briefly before I bring on my fantastic co-hosts right now. So, next week, Here's what's happening. Please pay attention carefully, folks. Six plus hours of live coverage. I'm going to have some expert, nationally renowned handicappers on the show, along with my great co-hosts as well. We're going to be showing a lot of video replays and stats. We're going to talk about horizontal uh, bets like the pick five, pick six, etc. I don't know if you folks saw, but uh, uh, Churchill Downs just put out some information about some new bets they have coming, including a $3 pick three all dirt play um, and a lot of other information. So we'll tell you about that. Also, we're going to give you vertical plays, trifectas, etc., throughout the big weekend. And of course, plays for the Oaks and Derby Day. Now, my co-hosts do not know about some brand breaking news uh, brand new breaking news information of people that are coming on the pod next week. I see them in the uh, backstage anxiously waiting. They're like, who is coming on next week? I thought I was good enough. You guys are awesome. But listen, we got to enhance it. We got to step it up. This is Derby Week. So let's talk a little bit more about what's happening. Next week, and all these times are 8 p.m. Eastern, Monday, the post position draw is out. Um, I believe it, it starts at 2 o'clock Eastern, I believe. Um, but at 8 o'clock Eastern, we're going to have strictly a show talking about post positions for the Oaks and Derby, uh, what what we believe the post positions will have an effect on the run of the Derby, who made out fantastically with the uh, post positions, who crapped out on the post positions, etc. And then we will in detail go through the bottom 10 Derby horses by the current projected morning line odds. Tuesday, we will talk exclusively about our the top, not our top 10, but the top 10 uh, current projected morning line odds horses. We'll go through them in detail and tell you how we feel about them. Here's some breaking news. Are we ready? Wednesday, we are going to be talking about Kentucky Oaks Day, uh, which is Friday, and the stakes in late pick five. But here's what 
our co-host did not know. In fact, no one knows until now. Special guest, Frank Mustari. He is one of the best handicappers and contest players in the country. He is going to be joining us on Wednesday to help us get through the Kentucky Oaks Day and a big surprise guest. I can't say who. I know our co-hosts want to know. I'm not going to tell them. They're going to be surprised too. We're going to have a surprise guest handicapper coming on Wednesday as well. And then Thursday, folks, check it out. Kentucky Derby Day preview, stakes, late pick five, detailed analysis with guess who? The NHC champion, Frank Mustari's son, Justin Mustari, the ninth of the 2021 NHC champion, Justin Mustari, will be live here on the HHH Racing Podcast. I don't know about you guys. That is a lineup. I try to bring on the best people possible on this show, and that's what's happening uh, next week. So please join us next week, Monday through Thursday, over six hours of coverage. It's going to be fantastic. All right, ladies and gentlemen, my co-hosts are patiently waiting. Let's bring them on. We're going to have uh, two topics we're going to talk about. And first, we're going to talk about some of the Kentucky Derby defections and some of the horses that are in the Kentucky Derby as I go ahead and set a few things up. Let's bring them on right now, my fantastic new co-hosts from the East Coast. We have Pete Visco and Paul Halloran will be coming on just a second. Paul actually just coming from work. Wow, Paul's looking spiffy. Sort of looks like a guy I saw on TVG last Sunday. Uh, Paul, give me a little thumbs up if you're ready. When you're ready, Paul, give me a thumbs up, and I'll bring you on. All right, we're all ready. Look at look at Paul's all set. He's got his camera going. Pete, let's talk to you first while Paul – by the way, Paul, you are muted right now, just to let you know. Uh, Pete, how are you doing tonight? I'm good. How about you? I'm 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 ready to go put a suit and tie on now. I'm I'm yeah. embarrassed here. With <laughs> I'm, like I'm ready to take it off, Pete. <laughs> but uh, as you know, Pete, work gets in the way sometimes. So Every I'm once in a, a while, a long program, and I'm taking a a quick break because I figured after if I desert after only one show, then I'd be replaced. In fact, he's already trying to replace us, Pete. So, <laughs> wow. Um, well, no, no, no. Well, all you're Paul. I I appreciate you coming on. Looks like you're outside there. I'm gonna let you talk first. And again, when, anytime you got to leave and come back, Paul, no worries at all. I know. Yeah, I Paul want to talk ha- Derby. Uh, the Santa Anita stuff uh, you guys can handle. I didn't. I Perfect. sent you my play. Um, yes, you, know, you did. I've been spending so much time this week on Oaks and Derby. Uh, I did a cursory glance at that Santa Anita card. So, but uh, no problem. You know, this is all about the Derby. All right. So we'll have Paul will, will be on here. Uh, I mean, what commitment these? I know he's got a, you know, he's got a big event. I really appreciate it, Paul. Let's just jump right in. You can see on the bottom of the screen. Uh, right now, Morello, of course, is out. Early voting is a question mark. Classic Causeway, who already had points, definitely in. Happy Jack, definitely in. Pioneer Medina will get in if early voting is out. Let's talk about the horses that are out. Paul, I'm going to focus on you and Pete. We can interject a little bit, but we'll give Paul his just due. Uh, did you think Morello had any chance, Paul? Uh, you know, he was probably more mid-pack. He ran some nice races in your neck of the woods there at uh, Aqueduct. Yeah, I didn't think he had much of a chance, Howard, but I would have given him a better chance than Classic Causeway, who, you know, I, I get it. The two owners are both in their 80s. I would run him, too, but I, I would have to think he's finishing 18th, 19th, or 20th. So I didn't think I, I would have given Morello a better chance than him, but not a win chance, in my opinion, no. 
And I mean, Morello just threw in a complete clunker in the wood. I mean, he was bad. He just, he didn't break. It was a complete non-effort. I personally would have been completely against him in the Derby. Early voting, Paul, is a fascinating situation. Pete, I'll have you comment right after this early voting comment from Paul here. Uh, very fast horse. Chad's already got one, a horse called Zandon, who I love, by the way. Uh, if you were the connections, let, let, you are the owner, Paul, congratulations of early voting. What would you do with this horse? Well, if I owned him, I would run him. But if I was Seth Klarman and I owned him, I wouldn't run him. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, uh, early voting right now as we speak, how it is bedded down at Belmont Park, I believe. Uh, I, I would be very surprised. Chad keeps saying – you know, he'll see what happens. But I, I think Classic Causeway coming back in makes it even less likely. Without Classic Causeway, I definitely would have run him because I thought he ran a little better after watching that replay a few times. I thought he ran a little better than I thought. Um, you know, is he going to get a mile and a quarter? Well, who knows who's going to get a mile and a quarter? Except for our guy Zandon, Howard. We know our guy <laughs> Zandon is going to get a mile and a quarter. Um, you think so. But, I, but that number came back fast in the wood. Yeah, I would, again, if Chad's talking about the race flow, the race flow is, in my opinion, significantly different with Classic Causeway in, not to early voting's advantage. And, you know, they talked about the Preakness. They've, they've done this before with cloud computing. You know, I think Chad is quietly very confident in Zandon. Um, so from his point of view, you know, I don't think he needs early voting in the race to set up Zandon, although it wouldn't hurt. But uh, I would say it, I'd be very surprised if he leaves Belmont Park until it's time to go to Pimlico. Yeah, supposedly now he's not. He's going to make a last-second decision. That's what I hear. Um, Pete, how do you feel about early voting? Uh, if he went to the Derby, obviously it's going to affect the pace. Would he have a chance? Would you send him if you were the owners? You know what? I think I would have. I, I agree with Paul on the classic causeway angle, though, because I thought if early voting could get in, when all the other speed looked like it was defecting, then I thought early voting might've had a shot. And I think he's pretty strong. I actually liked it. I liked that wood a lot more than other people did too. And I thought he could be, Hey, speed, speed holds in the Derby. A lot of times these aren't, these aren't sprinters out there anymore. So I thought he can go in and maybe not hold to win, but I mean, if you get loose enough and you can, you could slow the pace down, you never know, but I mean, hit the board shoot. I'll hit the board in the Derby if I was the owner. So I'd take that anytime, but I agree with classic causeway in early voting classic causeway. If he, if he gets a decent post position, he, he breaks so fast that I'd have a hard time seeing early voting, getting the lead. And then he'd have to sit off and I'm not sure if he's ready to do that and all that. So I think maybe going to the Preakness would probably be the best move. Paul, I think the owner's hearts want to go to the Derby. I mean, listen, it's one shot, right? I mean, you're only a three-year-old once. The Kentucky Derby only happens once. I mean, if I had, if I was in that situation, you know, would I love to take that walk with the horse in front of 100, I mean, 150,000? It's hard to deny that. But from a handicapping standpoint, I would not like him at all in the Derby. I think it would be a big mistake purely from a handicapping standpoint. He'd be, what, 20 you know, 25 to one in the Derby, something, you know, maybe 20 to one at most in the, if he continue, if he works well, I mean, he could be what second, third, fourth choice in the previous, maybe, you know, six, seven to one with a real shot with horses coming off a very difficult race two weeks before that. I mean, I think he'd be a very live shot in the Preakness to me, Paul. Yeah. He'd be one of those, you know, you talk about the new shooters every year going into the Preakness, although, you know, typically, 
you're better off having run in the Derby. But, you know, he would be one of the new shooters. I agree. He would be, and he will be. You know, you know, Seth Klarman is, uh, I believe, one of the hundred richest guys in the world or uh, in the country or, or whatever, right? So, um, you know, I, I just don't think he needs it for his ego. Hey, would I do it? Like I said, I, I wrote a lot about a horse named Brooklyn Strong last year. We could do a whole show on it. Mark Schwartz, great guy, paid 5000 for the horse. Uh, everyone started defecting last year. I was on the phone with them Friday night, eight nights before the Derby. And he said, hey, how come they're not talking about us? And I said, well, because you said you weren't going to run. He goes, well, I'm run. I go, well, you got to call Churchill down. So he called them the next day. And he ran. And, you know, unfortunately, the horse hasn't been the same since. He probably yeah. could have done a lot of winning in state breads. But if I'm Mark Schwartz and I paid 5000 and they said, you know, you can come to Churchill Downs in, the, in, in an owner's seat the first Saturday in May, I'm in. So, But Seth Klarman is a different story, right? So um, he doesn't need that, and I think you'll see him in it. Yeah. By the way, shout out to Gabriel Espinosa, who's Tom Espinosa's son. Gabriel, hope to meet you sometime. Uh, your father's a, a big fan of the show. Really appreciate Gabriel stepping up for his father tonight, subbing in. Uh, Gabriel, don't be a stranger. Uh, thanks for joining in. All right, let, let's talk about the horses that are in real quick. And, Paul, again, I'll let you go yep. first, then leave when you need to. Uh, Classic Causeway apparently has been working great. They love what they've seen. Um, I don't think he has a chance in hell, but uh, he's in. Happy Jack for Doug O'Neill. Listen, Doug, and Be by the way, Bear Rano. Uh, is is reunited with Doug O'Neill. He's going to be a very long shot. And Pioneer Medina, and I've heard a little buzz from some people that really think Pioneer Medina can not only be a bit of a pace factor, but he's run some nice races, and I, I think some people feel like he could sneak up in the super if he runs, and now to add even a little more pace, or the, although probably Paul a little more pressing pace rather than you know someone who has the lead. Yeah, but I, I think, Howard, you have just described why horses go off in the Derby probably lower than they should. And I agree with everything you said as far as those horses' chances, but they're all going to be lower odds than they should. You know, horses, people, remember, there's 150,000 people there. There's a, probably millions, of, hundreds of thousands of people who bet one day a year, right? And they maybe bet one race a year. And we need their money in the paramutual pool. Uh, so I heard I heard someone say that on Twitter today when I yes. when we were talking about Crown Pride. Yes. Oh, <laughs> keep keep talking. And I told you, no one is a bigger sucker than me for these overseas horses. And I will be betting uh, with my friend Pete Shalama on Friday. Wait, I got I I know someone. I, I don't want to say sucker because that sounds very disrespectful. Davy Lane, you know Davy. Big fan Hell of the yeah. show. Davey's the best. Davey's fantastic. He's For those of you who don't know Davey Lane, you're going to meet him on this show. Um, he's from Liverpool, England. He's given us some great – he's a fantastic punter, as they say, over uh, in Europe and in the U.K. Fantastic guy. The minute Crown Pride won, who, by the way, if I can toot my own horn, I liked it 18-1 to last time, just to say. Check out check out our live show from uh, Dubai if you don't believe me, folks. Uh, Davy immediately said, "There's your Derby win." I'll tell you what; I think he works what forty six in a piece and is getting some buzz ball. Well, he works every day, by the way. It's just it's yeah. like you put the morning show. He, you know, one day it's a blowout, one day it's full throw. They're going to work him again Sunday and Tuesday. And hey, look again, you got to be a, you can't be afraid to get beat by a good horse in any race, let alone the Derby. Okay, he can beat me. Um, He's not on my list. I know I know people who, who I respect their opinion a lot, who like him a lot. So, again, 
he wins, I lose. It's happened before. Oddly uh, but, Paul, real quick, your thoughts on Pioneer Medina. He's run some nice races at the fairgrounds. I don't know if he's improving, but he, he's, yeah. been, he's been around the wire a little bit, but he yep. still seems slow and, and, and not good enough. Yeah, I'm going to use him underneath, Howard. I'm kind of, you know, again, okay. uh, there's going to be, you know how it works, right? Some horses you use on top, some you use underneath, and some you don't use. There's 20 to go around. So yeah. he would be on my underneath list. Uh, uh, Pete, any thoughts quickly on Pioneer Medina? The the the, the uh, decision of the classic Causeway. I think Brian Lynch, I believe, to, uh, to have him in, and then Happy Jack for Doug O'Neill, if you know anything about that horse as well. Yeah, like I said, classic Causeway. I mean, uh, again, uh, since it seems seems like an odor's decision, I don't. I think that's one that's going to just run backwards. But I was actually excited to get that horse in there because the pace was seemed just seemed to be defecting out. It just seemed like I wasn't yeah. sure who was going to be on top. But now you're almost guaranteed at least, maybe not a hot pace. Hopefully, I would love one with some of the horses I like and I know you guys like. So. I would love to see a little bit of pace up there. And he's almost guaranteed because he's got no shot. He's got no shot to not have to wire the field and just try and let them catch him. I mean, that's what he's going to have to do. But I think the other horses will come get him. Pioneer Medina, I, I agree with you. I think he's okay. I don't love him. He's probably a, he's potentially an underneath. I haven't decided that much yet, but he feels like he'd be sitting off. And if he's sitting off and no one else is close, maybe he can get first run at a horse like Classic Causeway and, Hey, once you hit the lane, anything can happen. Those those legs start getting weary that last eighth of a mile. So depending on who could hold. Uh, Paul, last question for you, and then I'll let you go unless you like unless you can or want to stick around longer. Uh, with with classic causeway in, help hurt or no effect on epicenter? I would say hurt. Why? Well, I think Epicenter is, is going to be a forwardly placed horse, and the more other forwardly placed horses there are, I think it's to his disadvantage. Now, I don't think he's going to try to outrun him early, but, you know, he's a pretty tactical horse. You know, he wants to be, and he has been on the lead. Remember, they took him back last time in the Louisiana Derby, uh, mainly to teach him a little lesson, right, about how to come from behind. But he wants to go, and... You know, you can't choke a horse back too much. So uh, it, it's somewhere between hurt and neutral. I, I certainly don't think it helps him. Paul, we really appreciate you, uh, you know, coming on the show here for the short amount of time. Before next week, Howard, every night. Let's do more than six hours. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, there you go. We, if I have any voice left, Paul, enjoy the rest of your evening. Thanks right. for joining I'll talk to you for, guys Monday. See you all tomorrow. right. Take care, Paul. Thanks. All right, Pete. As usual, he just leaves us out in the cold. You know, well, it's on our, yeah. that's all right. Uh, no, no, listen. Second I, day, he's already crapping out on us. What do uh, you do? I, I just want to say to to the public out there listening and and watching that, you know, Paul told me he had a conflict that he would try to make. And he's coming like you can see he's dressed up. He's at an event and he still takes the time to talk to us for 10, 15 minutes. That's the kind of guys and co-hosts I have here. Really uh, shout out to Paul for jumping in. All right, Pete, uh, we got a lot of people watching again. Thank you for joining us here. I'm here with my co-host, Pete Visco, uh, episode 131 of the HHH Racing Podcast. We are going to dive now into, Pete, what I thought as I handicapped last night and today, a very, very interesting late pick five sequence at San Anita, two stake races. Um, I was hoping for bigger fields. I thought there would be because of this is a little bit of a showcase day. And the, the other two stake races they have, 
they've decided to put earlier in the card because they're it's a small field. So I think great job by the racing secretaries to do that. Pete, I'm going to go ahead here and bring up the Aquavase uh, entries here, and then we'll bring up the PPs. As I do that and do some tech stuff here in the background, any quick thoughts overall on the sequence for people that have not uh, seen the sequence at all yet? Yeah, I thought it was actually a pretty tough sequence. I think I'm with you on that. I mean, yeah, not all the races were were huge fields, but I thought they were all pretty competitive. There's no, there was no, yeah, I, I agree with you that putting, taking those to other two stakes races, because they potentially could have been singles, big chalks winning, and it would have probably ruined the sequence, ruined the potential payout of the sequence. I don't think in here, I don't know about you when we get to each race, I don't think in here there's a race where there's a super standout where you're like, oh, I have to just put that horse in and it's a potential single. I didn't have any of those. So I thought it was interesting from that point. The first race, you kick off right away with, you know, very lightly raced maidens. So that always makes it tough. So yeah, good sequence, potential for a decent payout. I'll say my only disappointment was probably like you, I handicapped with no morning lines. And then when I had my ticket written out and I went to look at the morning lines today, I was like, oh crap, I just have... I have a ton of low priced horses, a ton of favorites. Uh, so me and the, me and the morning line maker are in line, which I don't think is usually a good thing. <laughs> you know, because I've done so many Thursday shows, Pete, I'm actually used to handicapping without the morning lines. I got to tell you, I like it more than seeing the morning lines. Me I too. really do. Me too. A- and, and as it turns out, and I'm, I'm seeing this quite often, maybe with my handicapping for better, or for worse, there are a lot of favorites I flat out do not like on Saturday. So if you, uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you, if you, you know, agree with some of my uh, handicapping tonight, in my opinions, we got a chance to make a big score. And also, let me just put us back full screen. Those of you that are involved in the podcast pool, this is the last week of podcast pool number three. Based on the field sizes of this uh, of this pick five, this will be the podcast pool bet this week on Saturday, the late pick five at San Nita. So, Pete, let's, without further ado, let's just... Uh, jump right in right now here as I'm going to go full screen. And I've decided to do tickers on the bottom of the screen, folks, because it gives us a little more room on the screen. Now, Paul, obviously, he's not going to be with us to handicap uh, in person, but he did do his uh, handicapping. He did send in some picks, although I just want to let everyone know if you're showing up late and you just joined us. And I, I, I love Paul's transparency. He probably didn't deep, deep dive. Like I know I did, and I'm sure Pete did as well. So that doesn't mean he's going to be wrong and we're going to be right. But I just want to say, for, for full disclosure, Paul did not spend as much time on the pick five as he would have liked. All right, Pete, let's jump in. It starts in race eight, and it's going to start at 7.34 Eastern Standard Time. So if you're part of the podcast pool, have a wonderful afternoon Saturday. Go do stuff with the family. Enjoy yourself. Have an early dinner, uh, if you're, especially if you're on the East Coast. And then join and watch the pick five. Uh, it, there are uh, two main special weights to start the pick five. And Pete, as you well know, is an experienced handicapper. Uh, some people like that. Some people don't. The fact that they are the first two races, though, of course, will give us a chance to look at the odds. And ladies and gentlemen, these are not, I repeat, these are not baby races. These are not two-year-olds. They've all, uh, many of these horses have run before. The first one is uh, six and a half furlongs it's on the dirt there's the field right there open company the morning line favorite is the number five family affair this is an ontario bread for peter Erton and abel cedillo and that is who you're going with is everyone you can see the picks on the bottom of the screen uh pete tell us about what you like 
on Family Affair five and two? Yeah, there was a there was a few things. So first of all, you know, second off, a little bit of a layoff, and the the, the first race back off the layoff jumps to a seventy seven buyer. And again, there's a lot of first time starters in here, but that seventy seven seems like it would be it would be a good number for this group. And then as I was looking at it, I, so I watched the first race just to see what happened, and I mean, in the debut. It was it went off at eighty cents, so obviously it was getting some buzz. I mean, it's a three hundred thousand dollar horse, so so it's it's bred pretty well. So obviously it was taking some buzz, taking some money. But then you watch it, and it broke last, so it broke terrible, which you know isn't unexpected for a first time starter. And then check bad trying to come up the rail down the lane, and just sort of went backwards. And again, that's expected. These horses don't really know what they're doing just yet. Then they give it a little bit of time off, comes back runs a nice 77, doesn't hold, but get, you know, gets into a little bit of it's up there. It's on the pace. It, it runs well. And then the one stat I liked was Pete, Peter. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Oh, I'm, I'm going to show, I want to show a little bit of that last race. Yeah. Uh, fire away. Family affair is the two, by the way, the, the four horses also in this race on Saturday, you're going to see family affair. Who's the two in this race, uh, break a little bit slow. You can see he definitely breaks, you know, a good, you know, maybe length and a half slow. He's got to take up a little bit. What I really like about this horse in this effort is the rush up doesn't usually work very well, yeah. but he, he rushes up in between and stays on, Pete. Yeah, now I guess the problem would be, though, that's two races where he broke badly. So it is. hopefully that hopefully they can try and work that out at some point. But again, maybe this field, uh, this field isn't the strongest field in the world, so it may not hurt. But again, you just don't want to keep tempting fate like that. You're going you're gonna to keep coming up short. Yeah, and he gives it up here in the lane, and, you know, there's two decent horses here coming over the top. But the race on Saturday is six and a half. He's got to break better, Pete. I mean, he's no got to. Yeah, he's got to at six and a half. So real quick, I don't. I'll, we can get to the other picks, but the – so Erton has a seven for 22 win and a 12 for 22 in the money with Maiden's uh, second off this, this type of layoff. So maybe, you know, it, it seems like just from that stat alone that he's good with – Hey, we took the long layoff. We bring the horse back as sort of a, as a tightener. And then the next one, maybe we come back and we're strong. So when I saw that the horse has been working pretty well, I was like this. So, and again, I didn't have the morning line odds. You couldn't, you could have probably guessed that it was the favorite or close to it, but this is where I landed. Yeah. And by the way, the uh, two secret fix was the horse in that same race that broke on top, but really gave it up late. Yeah. I will say, two back, he did run well, though. So it's up to you what you want to do with Secret Fix. Your second choice is an interesting horse, Banjo Queen for Blacker, who I believe has good stats, uh, turf to dirt. Yeah, and and honestly, this is one of those. <laughs> I'm a sucker for these, and, and half the time they don't work out for me, but sometimes you can. And again, five to one was maybe a little lighter. I was hoping maybe it would drift up a little bit more, but... One thing I did like, you're right, Blacker was four for 11 and seven for 11 in the money with uh, turf to dirt maidens. So then I also saw the one thing that was interesting, the Sire, 17% winning percentage on dirt sprints and 9% on turf sprints. And the dam was 30% wins in dirt sprints and zero in turf sprints. So it's like, well, this one... It, I don't know what the, you know, you never know what the idea is why they put them on turf first, but this one yeah. seems like it has a possibility to take to the dirt. So, and maybe could just sit off. I mean, it has, you know, well, here the P, here's the PP yeah, the damn Pete. I mean, the PP is selective. I mean, he's a dirt horse, dirt horse. You know, I mean, you can look yeah. at, you can look at the siblings, you know, uh, you know, uh, Tipo Duro did uh, run in a, a little, at the baffle, you know, a listed stake there on turf. 
You know, he's got a, I mean, there's a little bit of turf breeding, but not a lot. So no. I guess Blacker saw something. I mean, I can't imagine they just ran him on turf just to get, or her on turf just to get like two runs in her. I don't know, but she's really bred more for dirt. I would say that, I mean, that was exactly my thought. And I'm thinking, and again, it's a, it's a decently priced horse, 275 grand. And it's one of those where you figure if this horse does take, Hey, maybe it's got a shot again. This isn't the deepest field. This isn't the most accomplished field. This horse has at least run a couple of races. They weren't the best races in the world, but it has that experience as well. So I figure if it does take to the dirt, like I hope it does, then I think you can get it at a decent price. I'm going to put us back on screen because I want to say something that I feel very good about. I do a lot of work for the show. I think everyone knows that. And one of the great things about this show is we show a lot of replays and I'm going to start showing more workouts. I have XBTV is fantastic. Highly recommend if you can subscribe to it. There's And this is a perfect example of why I think people have to watch workouts. And I'm not sure uh, Pete and probably many of you also are privy to this information. And by the way, Trish Smith, I see your comment. I, I agree with you, Trish. You guys see my choices on the bottom. I'm going with the first time starter on top here. I am not enamored with the horses that have run. They're okay I think this eight Midnight Memories might be a serious horse for Sean McCarthy. Now, Pete, uh, Sean McCarthy's got two. He's got Midnight Memories, who, by the way, Pegram, Watson, Whiteman, a very famous uh, ownership there out west, usually, by the way, with uh, a Baffert or a lot of really good horses with Baffert over the years. Sean McCarthy's got two. He's got Midnight Memories. He also has the four, Valiancy. Uh, so obviously what did Howard have to do? I had to go and see if I could find some workouts. Now, before I show the workouts, you look at the times. I mean, let's just take valiancy for a second. Cost 120,000 real nice minute and two 48. How about a one eleven and three? I mean, that's a winning time in a, in a, in a race itself. Yep. Many days. You got a minute, you got a minute and two. And then if you look, the eight pretty much matches up. In fact, they've been working together for a long time, Pete. But as you can see, just by looking, you know, especially earlier in March, the Midnight Memories was clearly outworking uh, the four. Now, when let's take a look at the jockey-trainer combinations. Sean McCarthy, first of all, first time out. And I think this is very important to look at for everyone. First time out, uh, not very good at all. Look at the top. Two, this is the last five years, by the way, everyone. Last five years. Pete, he's only two for 36. Yeah, not I had good. that noted. Yep. Not good, obviously, at all, right? Yep. I And I cannot argue with that. Let's see what he is with the jockey, Juan, Juan Hernandez, who, by the way, is probably the best jockey out there right now. Let's see what he is with Juan Hernandez. We look up. Oh, boy. How about 22% Pete with Juan Hernandez? Uh, my antennas went up when I saw that, as, as I'm sure yours would and anyone else. By the way, 61% in the money yep. with Juan Hernandez. Okay, so I again, we could talk forever, folks, but to, to me, those were very telling. And then when you go look at the four, and I'm not going to show the stats, by the way, the stats are not nearly as good with Drayton. Okay, so uh, I don't mind Drayton. Drayton, I thought, was on a uh, – trajectory pete to be a, a superstar just i don't know what's what's happening yeah with him. something something's that's off another a bit. time for yeah. another day but anyway the the bottom line is you got pretty much the leading rider out there and you have a guy that doesn't usually win first time out with the with a good rider so there you go now you want to see some workouts pete <laughs> all right <laughs> let, let, let let's see some workouts so this is a workout from way back in march now i know this is 
a while ago. But you can see that let, – let me freeze here. And, you know, I don't usually take this much time uh, on this show to do this, but I think it's absolutely crucial that people understand. You see the times here. They're both the same, right, in the bottom right here. Let me take off the scroll here. Sorry here. Uh, oh, actually, that's our – let me just take this off for just a second. You, you see the times. They both went the same time. And, Pete, you know, before I had – before any of us really had – inside info and videos we'd see the times we'd be like okay they're yeah. probably equal in ability right uh not in my opinion at all i'll leave the banner off go ahead and watch this work everyone i'm gonna i'm gonna, I'm gonna we're gonna watch a bunch of it uh midnight memories who's the eight uh in this race that is on the outside first just look how they break now that's a huge difference i'm gonna rewind it and again i know this is almost two months ago but Obviously, the break's going to matter a lot on Saturday, but the first time starters. Midnight Memories, clearly. And and Valiancy actually may have seen a shadow. I don't know. But he's already got like a two-length lead here, right? Now Valiancy rushes up to get, you know, even terms with with the work. I'm just going to go ahead and fast forward here a little more. Um, They're working together. But if you see how how the hands, guys, see the hands here on the jaw is scrubbing on Valiancy. If you look really carefully... Meanwhile, the jock, and I don't know who that is, the you know, working here, Midnight Memories is cruising, cruising on the outside here, blowing by Valiancy, and, and, and they're actually going to stop this work just at the top of the stretch. It's not going to go beyond. So to me, Pete, it's not even close. For me, that's not even close. Okay, That's just my opinion. Now, I, will, I, I do want to point out their last work because the other work – you might think a little bit differently. And this is why I am using the four a little bit as well. Again, Midnight Memories is on the outside here in this work. Again, Valency is on the inside. He does still outbreak him. I don't use any question about that. But the Valency looks a lot more professional to me. Again, this is a month and a half later. Looks much more professional to me in the work. And what you're going to see, I'll go ahead and fast forward here. Again, they're going to work about to the top of the stretch. Uh, Valency... I don't think he outworks Midnight Memories, just my opinion, because I don't think Midnight Memories was really being asked as much. But I think it's clear to say that Valiancy right here is much more professional. Now, also, look look at how high the knee carriage is here, Pete. I have a feeling that Valiancy is going to be more turf-meant. You, this is just a great freeze frame, if I could just give myself a little kudos here. <laughs> you see the high knee carriage is usually more turf-meant. And you see that Midnight Memories has a lower knee carriage, usually meant a little bit more for the dirt. Anyway, that was a lot of information there, but I think it's valuable. I like Midnight Memories here quite a bit, uh, in my opinion, uh, Pete, as I go ahead. I don't know what Ozzy's going to be. We'll see what the board looks like. I'm going, uh, let me go ahead and put the ticker back up. I'm going 852. I agree with you with Family Fair. And then uh, I got Secret Fix. I have Valiancy also in the mix. Any quick yeah, thoughts I, before we move on, Pete? No, I basically had the eight and the four were, were sort of co co third choices for me, and and I I wind up, you know, when you're when you're dealing with the same trainer who has the same, you know, not the best stats. I think I like the call that you made where because that was the note I had was the jockey advantage. He's still got the best jockey, so if in in all else, if all else fails, if you have the best jockey, you have maybe a better shot. There were some there were some breeding stats that I liked a little bit more on valiancy, but again, first time out, you know, you're just taking a shot. I was hoping to get a little bit more of a price too on valiancy i had a feeling midnight memories would be lower just because of hernandez and because of those nice works so yeah um 
you know, well, this we'll have been... to see. I mean, it's the first race out. We're going to see. That's what the I was just going to say. Yep. I, I would not be surprised if Midnight Memories is the favorite. Me now, if Midnight Memories mm-hmm. is cold on the board. That might change my opinion, everyone, and and should change everyone's opinion out there. But I just have a hard time believing this horse is not going to take a ton of money for all the reasons I spoke about. Yeah, for Let's all go... the view... oh, I was just going to say for all the viewers, it, since it is the first leg, if you have the opportunity. And you want to put a pick five in, wait as long as you can, watch the board, like Howard said, because I mean, that's the only race that you have that advantage. So might as well take advantage of it if you can. Now, the next race is also a main race. Not as many. Not, I, th- uh, I think there might be a first time sire or two. But again, look at the double. Look at the will pays and the doubles. So yeah. all you go, you go, not the will pays, excuse me, the probables. Hit probables on your, you know, ADW. And then, uh, you know, go to will pays and you can see what the doubles will pay going into the next race. So the thought of people saying, well, I don't know what the next, you know, the odds are in the next race. Yes, you do. You have a pretty good idea if you look at the probable doubles going forward. Speaking of going forward, Pete, let's let's go ahead and do that. Uh, you like that segue? I actually thought that was about that, that was very I, smooth. That's what, I, listen, that's what comes after 130 plus shows. Obviously. I try and and. and the TVG appearance. And, I got oh, obviously. Yeah, I mean. But by the way, the both, I have a three-minute, the shortened version, and the longer 16-minute version of uh, my appearance on the YouTube channel. You have to go down. There is an upload section about halfway down on my YouTube channel, and you uh, guys can see the uh, entire episode. Uh, TVG sent me the three minutes, the 16 minutes. Actually, I got from my brother. Shout out to my brother, Michael. Thank you. We got it right off the Xfinity DVD. So the quality's not quite as good, but you get to see my entire segment, all 16 minutes of it, if you so desire. All right, Pete, we're, we are going six furlongs. We are not going down the hill. This is six furlongs uh, on the flat. These are main special weight California breads. It's a big field. Uh, I, I'm going to scroll a little bit down because it's it's a field of 12. There are some also eligibles. The weather's going to be fine. I doubt they're going to get in. They look like they're dirt meant. The morning line favorite is the number 11 chipper, Mark Latt and Kyle Frey, I believe it pronounced his name. I hope I did that correctly. Uh, Pete, I'm going to let you go first again. There is our picks right there. Pete and I are going completely completely different directions wow here. look at that oh me yeah and paul of course me and paul are almost in sync as always i mean we're we're yeah. simpatico i don't know again i don't know if that's good or bad or east coast bias i'm not sure what it is i love the the visceral reaction from pete because uh, uh you know people that are viewing and watching pete has no idea what my picks or paul's picks until they come up on the screen there so uh, we are compl- completely, in fact, I'm quite different from both Paul and Peter. So either I'm going to be wise guy, really smart or complete idiot. Uh, Pete, you're going with the seven here. I believe it's Ooh, babe or Ow babe. I'm, I apologize, oh, babe, yeah. but, I'm not yeah. sure. Uh, for, uh, Sadler and Hernandez three to one morning line. Well, again, of course, three to one, of course, second choice, unfortunately. And so, the couple of reasons I like that, I thought the horse, so when I watched the replays, I thought the horse ran great two back. It had a troubled trip and still kept coming. It had Pratt, which always helps, but now it has Hernandez. So, you know, it's not a huge drop off, but I really like that race coming back. Then the next one, they, they put it at five furlongs, sort of gets into a bit of a speed duel, still holds pretty strong and put away the horse. So the, the horse that it was dueling with wound up finishing pretty well off the board. 
and Ubabe, however we're going to pronounce it, wound up holding pretty strong. So I like that. Um, I'd rather see it a little bit more tactical. So hopefully this time it'll it'll be sitting off a bit and not be the the speed, especially at the, you know, I don't want to cut in 21 fractions, but that was five furlongs. So I like that. And then the one thing I did like it, the last race, the only bad thing was that the horse that won the race was pretty good, but the other horses that have come out of it have run not that well. So, but again, you can't, you can't always fault the horse. The horses beat who they ran against. It's not always their fault when that happens. So this, this is why I got Pete Visco as my co-host. There it is, folks. You can see there's three horses. And again, if you're not familiar with your formulator or you're new to the show, left side of the screen where it says next square, not um, Arakare and philosopher's tone. Those are the only three horses coming out of that race with massive buyers of 31, yeah. 41, and 39. Good call. Uh, now, they, now they, and to be fair, they were 22, 42, and 40 in that race. So they're not yeah. expected to be good horses to begin with. So maybe that's good part point. of it too. And then the only other thing I'll mention, not to go too long, is I like the fact that the last two races were really – were not the best races. I mean, he had a popped a 71 buyer last year, but – had Lasix added, has Lasix again. I sort of like that. Has the has the strong jockey, so it, it sticks with Hernandez. So my thought was, I like when something happens. They put it back on the turf. It ran well. It ran well on the turf last year. Kept it on Lasix. Ran well with Lasix. Um, again, two back had trouble. Last one got into a bit of a duel. Hopefully, he's a little more tactical this time, and I think it should be in a good position. Uh We'll move a little more quickly here. Yeah. I, I have the one in the mix also. Uh, I, I complete mystery horse who ran a massive buyer of a two last time. What do what do you and I love or like at least a little bit about forgiving spirit? Pun intended, obviously, with this horse. I have some. I had some stat. You know, when it when it's a horse that uh, another one I'm a sucker for because I watched that race and I'm like, what the heck is he doing with this horse? The horse was. Let, the let's horse put was Pete a little bit on camera here because Pete is great with the numbers. Go ahead, Pete. Fire away. What do you got? So just real quick, though, because it did lose by 24 and that just stick out, but it did bleed <laughs> and and you know it bled and now it's been yeah. off for a while and now it's coming back with Lasix. So hopefully that's an excuse. So I had Alvarado, small sample size, three for six wins, four for six in the money, first time on the turf. And then it had, you know, one for two, two for two, first time with the trainer dirt to turf. Yeah. And then the sire I liked a little bit had two for 10 wins, but six for 10 in the money in turf sprints. So again, it's just, they're putting this horse on the turf now. The sire looks good with it. The trainer has some good stats with it. It was the favorite last time out. It bled. Yeah. I mean, if it wins that race, yeah. it doesn't bleed. You're talking about, you know, the probably a horse that's moving up off of this race, not being in a race that's similar at this point. I mean, when you're favored in at, at the bit, you know, at the Delmar meet and you have Pratt. You know, and you have the, I mean, this horse is well meant first time out. I mean, it's what I, yep, so exactly. you, you got to look between the lines. We, we don't know. Pete and I don't know if this horse can run Saturday, but there are a lot of things to me. I completely agree with you are very interesting. I have forgiving spirit uh, third. I'm going to go ahead and move on a little bit and Pete talk about the race. Uh, Pete's got the four orth uh, and fourth more probably underneath type. I'm assuming for Pete. Uh, here's my opinion, Pete. Uh, this is, I'm going to put us both on screen a little bit here. You know, <laughs> This is a six furlong California bred sprint and the horses that have run just don't do much for me at all. I'm looking for, you know, some wise guys, some, some new faces. I just, I hear everything you say about the seven. I've got the seven. And again, 
Uh, if you're new to the show, I do have I play ABC DRF Ticket Maker tickets. If you're not familiar with that, I actually have a video. A few people actually asked me, uh, Pete, about um, the ABC structure. I do have a video um, on my uh, YouTube channel underneath the betting strategy section. I have a whole about 35 minute tutorial on what the ABC tickets are, how to use DRF Ticket Maker. Highly recommend you folks do that if you're not familiar. Um, I do have Ubabe in the mix here as a B as in boy. If you want to see my entire ABC grid in detail, really detailed of this pick five, you have to subscribe to my race day blog, which I know some people watching do subscribe to that. Pete, I have this horse as a B. Five furlong numbers just don't do much for me. That's just a general rule for me. This race is six. He's probably not as good at six, at least in my opinion. I know he showed speed. Maybe he wires the field. Maybe I'm going to be wrong. I mean, I'm using I'm using him. He, he just doesn't do much for me. A lot of these horses that have run don't do much for me. Let's talk about, by the way, the 11. I want to show this replay. Now, Pete, I, I'm totally against this 11. I'm, I'm going to use this 11, I think, as a C. Maybe. I know Paul has this horse second. I just want to show everyone very quickly your morning line favorite, who, by the way, is a five-year-old, Pete, okay? Yep. A five-year-old. I do not like five-year-old like maidens. Nope. <laughs> no. Now, this horse was off a year layoff. I just want to very briefly show Chipper's last race. Chipper's the one, okay? Again, remember, he's a five-year-old. He was off a layoff in this spot. I'll give him that. He does, from the rail, break a little bit awkwardly. We're going to see there. Right there, you know, okay, he breaks in a little bit. I mean, really not that bad. <laughs> and then, you know, they go over the, the dirt here. And, I mean, he's in a good spot. You know, maybe he's pulling a little bit. Okay, right here, right? Okay, I mean, after that, now look, he gets a he gets a great, whoops, sorry. He he gets a great, he's right here. Angles out, save ground. I mean, he to me, this is a very good trip, right? He, look, he's saving ground, angles out. You can see he's like a big lumbering type. Now, right here, Pete, right here, if you like the one, I would say he's going to blow by. I mean, he, he saved ground the whole way. He's well meant. Look, right here, right? He's ranging up. He's a winner, right? Right? Yep. Uh, uh, no. <laughs> He's not a winner. Maybe the 10 came out a little bit. But right here, what's his excuse here? I mean. I mean, he wasn't really making up ground. I don't, just, I mean, you can't really like, see the, yeah, you can't see the gallop out, but it doesn't yeah, look like he's going to get to him. I mean, he, he's just like, blug, 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 Well, blug, uh, blug. That, that's I mean, a good point. As though, Michelle, you likes to say, I mean, this, <laughs> he's a plotter. I, I just, now, can he win Saturday? Yes. If he wins, I will not be totally shocked. This is never a horse I would use, like, strongly. Let me talk about the horses I like. Disco Tribute, I'm not going to show the replay, comes out of Open Company, Pete. Now, I know it wasn't made in special, but to me, Open Company, 62.5 down to 50, is just as good as California Breads, if not even better. It's Dan Blacker off the claim. Ran well enough. I think Herrera is underrated. Should get a clean trip from the 12 hole. The other horse we're going to talk about, and I'm going to move on, I am fascinated. And when I saw this morning line, Pete, I salivated. I have no idea if Infernal Tiger, the three, can run. There's a lot of things I like. I'll be very brief. First of all, the workouts. I didn't see any workouts, but the workout times are solid. Yes, I know it's Turf Paradise, but the workout times are solid. Manny Ortiz, who is not a trainer that runs too many horses at Santa Anita, but look at his look at look what he is first time. First time out, boom, 
22%, 53% in the money. This guy knows how to train a first-time starter. And you're saying, okay, but what is he first-time starters on grass? You go to first-time starters on grass, and I know people are going to say, Howard, see, I told you so. Okay, fine, 0 for 5, but look, Pete, three seconds, and look at the odds, (laughs) 15, 9, and 5. This guy is a good trainer when he sends a horse to California first time out on the turf. I think there's some very, very interesting things. And he gets Abel Cedillo, a very good jockey out there. So check the board. Pete, unless this horse is taking zero money in the doubles, I'm using him as an A. I think he's fascinating. Last thing, the dam, hello. Turf, 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 80s, good enough for me against California Reds. Pete, I'm fascinated. No I, I'm wins, fascinated. Yeah, this this yeah. is a horse that could blow up the, the, the pick five, Pete. And I'm just not enamored with a lot of the horses that are lower odds. Any quick thoughts? I know that was very brief on Infernal Tire. Am I crazy? No, it's funny. I have a I have a play underneath question mark, which means I would probably I wouldn't have it necessarily as an A just because I'm I'm a little bit unsure, but I would probably has it have it as a B in a wide open field because, like you said, I don't think any of the lower odds horses are anything special. So this is the kind of race, and 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 Charles B said it in the in the chat. Looks like a spread race. I think yeah. this is what this is the one in the sequence where I think anything can happen. So if you have a horse and. No you know, sometimes we like the unknown. It's better than the known losers, for to use a, a mean term. It's better than, than the <laughs> known losers than to pick a horse that, hey, first-time starter, show some stuff with the damn um, yeah. trainer, has some decent stats. You know, yeah. why not take a shot at a bomb yeah. price? Uh, by the way, Charles, really appreciate this. And I actually got a few. I didn't, I didn't want to um, like it or retweet it because along with me, people suggesting I go on to TVG the next day and, and take over some other talent. There were some negatives towards Todd Shrupp and other things. Listen, I met a lot of talent. When I say talent, I mean on-air talent. That's the, that's the word for people that are on TV. Um, all great people, TVG. Uh, I won't tell you what Dave Weaver, ice cold, met Dave Weaver, gave me, I said, do you have any last words of advice for me? Literally five minutes before I went on. And he said, don't blank up. <laughs> so Dave, shout out to you. Hopefully I did not F up on the show. Uh but anyway, Charles, I, I do appreciate that. Uh Christine, thanks. Oh, Christine likes the three. Listen, it's wide open, and I think I think he's interesting. I, and he might not take any money anyway. All right, let's move on. Otherwise we'll be on forever. Uh race ten. I'm switching over here. Switch, switch, switch. Aquabase, here we go. Uh, this is one of two stake races, and I think we can move along a little quicker because these races are a little bit uh, have a few less horses. This is the Santa Margarita. It's a grade two. Every time I see this name, I want to go grab a drink, by the way, Pete. Gotcha. It's the Santa Margarita Stakes. Why not? Uh, they're going a, a mile and eighth. This is for the older fillies and mares. It's on the dirt. It's an interesting field. It's a nine-horse field. You see it right there. Moin line favorite is the nine Miss Bigley, a horse that I've certainly seen and bet. Who is who they've sent out west now to run in this race? Let me go ahead and switch the banners here. And Pete uh, is going to go four nine five. He's going with Park Avenue. I believe that's the horse going turf to dirt. Yeah, and but it's it's turf to dirt, but it's a it's mostly a, a dirt horse before that. So again, it was one of those where. I like to have, sometimes I like to have the best speed in the race. If I don't, you know, this horse is a good speed horse has one on the top. Can, can hold its speed together. Top early pace figure. It has, um, 
the figures are improving. So the, the, I like when they come back, especially from a three to four year old this year, 74, 83. Now I know the 90 was on the turf, but it's still showing steady improvement and it's showing where it could potentially top out at. I mean, look too back. It's running, you know, it's running against as time goes by second with that was horse is a monster on when it needs to be. Then back one CC good horses, Merneath, really good horses. And I also had, again, I don't know if I consider this a turf to dirt horse, but Sadler, 24% turf to dirt. Um, so I like that. My one question, and I don't like to get bogged down in this too much, is this horse is only one went on Lasix and now doesn't because of the, you know, we're in a grade two here. So I don't know if that's something. It's run some decent races off Lasix, but it's run its best races on Lasix. So, but again, controlling speed. If I can get that seven to two, I'll take it against against a field that's not a grade two field on paper. I mean, it's it definitely feels more like a, a stakes race than a than a grade two race to me. Yeah, just real quick, I'll bring the PPs back. We have a lot of people commenting. I really appreciate all the comments, but we do tend to have a lot of the same people commenting. If you're watching and you're watching on YouTube, obviously live right now. Uh, well, actually, you'd have to be watching on YouTube in order to comment. I real, I'm sure there are some people that are going through their Twitter, you know, watching this through Twitter. If you are watching this uh, through YouTube, uh, please make sure you comment at the top right right hand side of the screen. And if you're watching this through Twitter, uh, thank you very much. Greatly appreciate it. Might want to jump over to YouTube because that will allow you to join in on our uh, comments here. Uh, Pete, real quick, talk about the nine, and then I'll talk about my choices here. The nine, Miss Bigley, again, I, I like, this is a, a, a recurring theme with me, but I always enjoy a horse that has incrementally increasing figures. So you're not getting that like one big jump, but this year, you know, comes out 86, 89, 91, incrementally working its way up. Last one was in, again, in, in a grade one, it runs a really nice race against as time goes by, who is beaten a few of these horses and you just look down the board. I know there's your horse obligatory. It lost to obligatory. You yeah. know, it, it, it runs against good horses. It, it's, it's competitive. Um, 11 out of 11 in the money on a, on a fast dirt track. So the horse is always there, always gives you a good run and it should be able to work out a decent stalking trip. So I figure if I can get a horse that's in good position, obviously they made it the favorite. So it's not like I'm saying anything complicated here. I mean, it's just one that seems like it fits. Yeah. She's very logical. Um, let me, I want to talk about Miss Bigley first, who I have in second, by the way, as everyone would see Pete, this is exactly the kind of horse that just drives me crazy because I have to use her probably as an A boy. This is the kind of horse I would love to beat because yeah. This horse can be nine, forget the five to two. This horse can be eight to five, nine to five, because she's got four, five, six, seven races that are just clearly better than everyone else in terms of the buyers. But you know what, Pete? First of all, she's just, she's a one run type. She, she, I mean, she's a nice horse. I, I don't want to knock the connections. She's freaking won 740,000. But you know what, Pete? She's six years old. She's been getting perfect inside trips lately. I'm not sure a mile and eighth is what she wants. I, I'm feeling this distance might be a problem, Pete. I've bet on this horse a lot. In fact, I had her two back in the Bayacoa at, at five and a half to one, which I couldn't believe. She's not like an explosive type, which I know people are going to say, well, then she'll like the mile and eighth. I don't know. I've seen her like range up and hang a lot. This is just a horse I cannot trust at all. And if you're playing on playing this pick five, everyone out there, 
I would highly recommend you do not signal the source. I don't think the source is trustworthy at oh, all. Yeah, God no. At all. No, there's there's no, a lot God of speed. No. There's a lot of speed in this race. I, I'm going with the three here, Pete. Now, listen, the, the Breeders' Cup uh, distaff, which I was at personally, if everyone remembers, who was won by Bob Marshall Rain of Japan, was probably one of the fastest paces you are ever going to see in a two-turn race your entire life. By the way, look at the look at the early time form speed rating in that race, 156. <laughs> I mean, I've never seen anything close to that. Blue Stripe, I'm not going to show the replay. Obviously, it was 53 to 1. Okay, she wasn't winning this race. I get it. She was actually used a little bit early and ran okay until, you know, about the three-quarter pull. She was coming off a race. She hadn't raced since May of last year from Argentina. So why am I going with this horse? First of all, I don't like the nine in general, number one. Number two, you have to figure this horse is going to be better, Pete, after this, you know, after getting more acclimated to the States. I I think they found a very good spot. She doesn't have to be on the lead. And a lot of these others, Pete, I'm not sure want a mile and eighth, and I'm 100% positive Blue Stripe can get the distance. Now, is she going to be good enough? I have no idea, but I think I might get a little bit of a price because of the race effort and the distaff. And I'm just not sold on a lot of others. I'll also just very quickly, the eight, who uh, Paul has in third also. If the eight can run uh, these turf numbers to her dirt numbers, um, I think she's a player because she's one of the few closers in this race. I like Herrera. I think is underrated. And she has races on the dirt that are okay, not great. This one on October 11th, I like the most, OP, where she closed into a pretty fast pace. I think Bye Bye Birdie is a little bit interesting here. Uh, if she can translate the turf to dirt angle, I'm going 3 9 8. I have to use the 9, but I'll tell you what, I am just against the 9 on the win then entirely. Any quick thoughts, Pete, as I switch to the next race? No, it's the, I do have, so I'm with you on the three, actually. That was my last one off of our top three. I actually, I had it on my pick five ticket that I sent you, but because we were trying to cut back, I I cut it because it was my, my B, but I would, I'm a, I'm a hundred percent on the three. There's no way I'm leaving that. I was actually hoping for a little bit of a higher price. And then even the, it's funny, the, the two you mentioned, the eights, another one who I had, I had good notes on, and I thought this one is definitely one. If I'm spreading a little bit and going A-B, I'm definitely putting this one underneath. Here's the other stake race, the Charles Whittingham. It's a grade two. They're going – well, they start down the hill just on that little little unusual bend to start the race. It's a mile and a quarter. Usually brings together a pretty decent field. I just will say off the start, the the distance turf horses in California are not good. I mean, so – you know, your top choices here, they're okay. They're nothing special. If they went out east, I think they'd get trounced personally, but this race is not out east, so <laughs> therefore it makes it interesting. Uh, you got a seven-horse field led by number seven, Beyond Brilliant. And you can see on the bottom of the screen, Pete finally came to his senses and agrees with me in a race. He's also <laughs> going with four seven. He's also it going had to ha- It had to happen at some point, right? I mean, it, right. You know, we can't be uh, and, so and, different. And, I'm going to go ahead and start. Um, I agree Please. with you, Pete. I, I like the four. Now, Dicey Mochara, I'm going to quickly show a little bit of the replay. Looks to me to be an improving type, which you already mentioned. You like, I like. Progressive four-year-old. Did get a very good trip in the San Luis Ray, but, I mean, he lost to Acclimate. I don't know about you, Pete. Acclimate would be four to five in this spot. Yeah. Um, we're just going to show the end. Well, actually, there's two parts I want to show. Look at the beginning here. Dicey Mochara is the four. I'm sure you saw the same thing. Because I know you do your homework. 
was rank. Now, I don't know if it was because of the slow pace or maybe just wasn't used to going, you know, down the hill. But if you look at the four, it actually has the lead. Watch right here. You're going to see him start pulling. Uh, by the way, Drayton's on again, which right there, you can see sort of grab. I think he saw the inside opening, the horse, and he just wanted to go. Yep. It was, was my take on that, uh, Pete. But anyway, you know, once once Drayton was able to settle him down, again, Dicey Mochera right here is fine. We'll just take it, you know, around the bend here. Let me take it. So here's Dyson Mochera making a nice move. Uh, and again, this race was a mile and a half. Range is up to acclimate. If this was a mile and a quarter, by the way, the race would have been over. It, he just couldn't go by. Um, maybe he just doesn't want the distance. I mean, acclimate's a real fighter. I don't really take this as a negative, Pete, to be honest, because, I, again, either. acclimate's a nice horse, and maybe this was a little bit too far. I like the progression, and I think Dyson Mochara has a chance to get a real nice trip and will not be the favorite. So I'm going Dyson Mochara. Uh, the seven can, I, who... can, I, can I say one thing there for you real quick? And, no. and current who wins. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's going to help your case for one, so I'm not, I'm not disagreeing <laughs> with you for one, so you might like this one. So they beat current, too, and current ran third yeah. a, a ways back, and current came back and, and won with, I think, like a 90-plus yes, buyer. So it wasn't like there was crap behind Dyson no. Mochara and Acclimate. There were good horses behind them, too. And by the way, I, I hate to, I, I got to put ourselves on camera here a little bit. Uh, if anyone from the Delphi Racing Club ends up watching this, I'm sorry, because I don't know if you know this, Pete, but the Delphi Racing Club, who I have two horses with, mm -hmm. I used to own Current, and Current got claimed and has now been, since then, has been great. So <laughs> sorry, Delphi, that Current didn't work out for you. Yeah. By the way, a horse I chased a long time ago on the Matt Bernier show, by the way, <laughs> uh, if you want to really go back and check that out. Uh, anyway, as we digress... Pete, this horse to me is interesting. Um, by the way, did you notice the weight? I'm not a weight guy, okay? No. Everyone out there, I am not a weight guy. Beyond Brilliance carrying 126. Everyone else is carrying 122. Now, four pounds, I don't know. Does it make a difference? That's what we could have an hour discussion. But it is the most weight he's carried. He's carrying four more pounds than everyone else, and they are going a long distance. Uh, could that make a difference You know, in the, in the stretch? between a half-length win and a half-length loss? To me, absolutely. Okay. So I just want to bring that up as well. Pete, I have no idea if this horse can get the distance. Um, I've been right and wrong against this horse. I've used this horse. I've bet against this horse. Listen, he ran a big race in the kill row. Big race. Yep. Fortunately, my buddy Count again came over the top and helped me huge in a, in a contest that day and helped me have helped me get to my biggest score of my entire life. So, uh, but beyond brilliant ran very well, but that was a mile. That was a mile. He's got to go a mile and a four and a quarter. Now he's gone a mile and eighth last year as a three-year-old ran. Okay. He's coming off a big buyer top Pete. He's gaining weight. Um, the six master of Foxhound is not slow. I'm sure beyond brilliant will have the lead. I just don't trust him. He can obviously win. I'm going four seven six. Pete, you're going four seven five. Anything you want to add before we go on to the last race here? No seven. I mean seven again. It's it's tough to throw out the speed, even though you don't know if if the horse is going to be able to hold. But if it's the horse yeah. that's going to, I mean again, if Master of Foxhounds goes, but otherwise, I think Beyond Brilliant is the best speed, and it, it's hard to throw those horses out. I mean they they hold a lot more than we want them to sometimes, and and it, and you're always mad when you don't have them. So it's one yeah. where you look at. It. I mean it's nine to five. So again, we're not breaking news here but nah uh we got jim jim uh Pilars <clears throat> is on the show uh little kudos out to pete from jim 
Uh, so uh, thank you, Jim, for that Thanks, shout out there. Uh, great guy. We're going to have Jim back on the show uh, as well from uh, Buffalo. All right, let's go on the last race here as I go ahead and switch. Uh, I, I don't know about you, Pete. Uh, why is it every closeout like just a complete cluster fucking uh, possible race? Awful. I mean, every, awful. these damn racing cemeteries. Now, listen, I understand it. Uh, this is, let me switch banners. I thought this is the toughest race of the sequence. I really did. I mean, I, I don't know. This is going to be a tough race. Uh, race 12 is uh, six, I think it's six and a half, right? Uh, do I remember that correct? Yeah. Yep. Six and a half. Um, it's not, no, nominated. Oh, it is, it is down the hill. It's down the hill, right? I'm, yeah, it's yeah, down the hill. Yeah, yep. I apologize for that. Uh, down the hill, uh, six and a half. It's an allowance race. These are non-winners, uh, one other than. They also be claimed possibly for 25. You can see it's a 10-horse field there. And the favorite, it's wide open, is the number seven, Motorious, for D'Amato and Van Dyke. And you are going with that favorite, uh, Motorious. yep. So that was this is actually my this is my favorite horse of the day. So out of the sequence, wow. this okay. is the one. And again, that's a <laughs> that's a that's not a super strong. It's not a super strong favorite horse of the day. But out of the out of the sequence, this is the one that jumped out at me the most, and and a okay. few reasons. So if I when I watched the replay, I just liked it first time over. You know, I, I really liked the way it ran. It was off a little bit slow. It came. Yeah, you could put it on the screen if you want. Um, but He's I just really six. appreciated this. Yes. He's a six in this race. Go ahead. So I, it's, it's a little bit, let me think if I, it's a, yep. See how it, look at that break backwards. Absolutely. You know, hanging out in dead last right now, but runs. So what I liked, I just watched this race and thought this horse first time over still ran well. And that was coming off of, what is that? Like a five month layoff. And then yeah. as I looked at it more, so the winner of this race, Cotopaxi, I think is the is the name yes. of it, who's the chalk there on the lead, comes back with an 89 buyer, um, I think ran second in a stakes race the next time out. So it wasn't losing to someone it probably shouldn't have lost to. And then you see it coming on the end. This horse starts coming down the lane, and it's just, I mean, the one set didn't set the hardest of fractions either. So it was basically crawling. So there was no way he was closing into that one. That's a good horse with soft fractions but it sort of flew by everybody else. So I really liked that. And then I had a couple other quick stats, second time Lasix, which I always kind of like. And then D'Amato, 29% winners, um, second Lasix on turf, 32% with uh, in the last two years, 32% second Lasix in turf sprints. I mean, again, these are funny numbers, but they're, they're large numbers, 26% second off a similar layoff and 32% Second after a claim, I know this wasn't a claim, but just shows the same sort of progression where it's picking a horse up second time in its barn. It, it runs really well. So I just thought, and D'Amato has been hot anyway. So, but he has some really great stats that fit with what this horse is doing, the type of race it is. So definitely my, my favorite pick of the day. Yeah. He's the horse to beat. I just want to show the incremental splits. You see, uh, I mean, we don't really need the numbers. You could just tell visually. But Motorius yeah, did have the best final eighth in 11.39. Clearly was coming on. And Guildsman, by the way, is a decent horse as well. I mean, this is the horse to beat. Um, you have, what do you got, the eight and second, who there's not a lot of speed in this race, which might play against Motorius. Uh, but probably the speed of the speed here um, is Mut uh, Mutada for uh, Sarin and Curatolo. Looks like. Uh, he's going to get the lead probably. 
Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I thought this could potentially be either I mean, either the speed or right off the speed who could get who could get first run. Yeah. Which Paul's you know, top you know, choice, by the way. Sorry, to interrupt you. Oh, is it? Paul's oh, beautiful. Yeah, well, yes. of course. The I eight. mean, eight seven. Me and me and Paul right. getting back there you and thinking bat and like back peaches and, and cream. Again. I mean, like peaches and cream, and I'm the spoiled milk that puts <laughs> on top of it. <laughs> hey, you're the one with you know you're the one who started the show and is a big big shot on TVG. So well, who are we to argue nah, with nah, you? Nah, so who are we to argue? So. I, again, it's this is just more. I don't love the race, so but I do like a couple things. This horse came back at four. Again, the progression from three to four is usually a good one, and this horse came back and and pie and popped its its co biggest buyer figure ever. So I like that. Maybe it's coming back sharp. Maybe it's grown into itself a little bit, and then. You know, Saren has a 22% second off the claim. Again, it's not necessarily a claim, but I still think it fits the same way where it's, you know, second race in the barn and the first one was good. So if it can improve off that, it's going to have a good shot in this race. Yeah, I don't have in the top three, but I mean, he, he can win um, for sure. Let me talk. And by the way, I just want to, I want to just, uh, Pete's just giving me crap, which I love because I told him he should be giving <laughs> me crap. If you like Pete's picks and or Paul, like go for it, folks. I mean, I I do not have an ego. This is a brutal game. I'm wrong, just like the next guy. I've just learned over the years, and I think especially Pete with my recent, uh, most recent um, success in in live my tournaments. I'm I'm really trying to hard to find those sneaky horses, and it's amazing how often those sneaky horses run well. Not because I pick them, but just in general. These are horses that I used that used to beat me five, ten years ago. And I really think I've improved my handicap in the last ten or fifteen years, especially in the last ten years. And so these horses might not run, but similar to Matt, I think Matt Bernier sort of has the same <laughs> feeling that I do. That, you know, these horses they're dirtied up and blah blah blah. These horses win at ten to one, just like Austin Jerry twenty one. People are like, how this horse win? Take a look at his last race. Austin Jerry had a ton of trouble that was not in the comment line. So you really got to dig deep. Not everyone has time to do that. Uh, speaking of digging deep, you ready for my deep digger here a little bit? Um, I like the three. This is my price play of the sequence. Love it. Um, and you know what? Paul's got the three and third. So shout out to you, Paul. I sort of agree with you. Now I have the three and fourth. So I'm, I'm okay. I'm there right you there go, you guys. Um, a lot of things to like to me about the three. First of all. Uh, Mandela, do I need to say any more? I like the fact that this horse was turf meant first time out at Indiana last year with a pretty good trainer in Brad Cox. Now, was scratched off. But I just like the fact that he was meant for turf. He's by Ken Theros out of a ghost zapper mare. This is not screaming turf, but there is enough turf in the pedigree. What I really like about this horse is the replay of the last win. We have to show it. Now, first of all, indulge beat first class dad. Look who also he beat. He beat Special Ride and Ikagaya. Ikage, I believe it's pronounced. Look what they did. The he beat two horses that came back third and fourth with a 94 yep. and 86 buyer. Yeah, I know the fourth, the next finish again finished with a 38, but Belmont Bill needs to go to Aqueduct or something because he's not very good at Belmont. Uh, so I don't know what the name is, but anyway. He beat two real good horses, okay, without just joking around. Also, take a look at this effort. He's the two indulge in this race. Breaks well. This is a, this was a fast race. Breaks well. We're going to see it here in just a second. Okay, breaks well right there. But then there's a lot of other speed. I like the professionalism. He's going to take back a little bit. 
right there. He takes back. And now he's in between a little bit for a second. And then he's going to rush up again to get into a better position. So that little move right there. Now he's in between Pete, right? So he's in between. Uh, th- this this reminds me of the awesome Jerry replay. Again, totally different horses, but it's like these kind of sneaky bad positions that you don't necessarily see in the comment line. So he, he, he broke well, took back. Now he's rushing up. And now he's in between horses. Pete, I don't know about you. I hate this position for the for. Oh, a, a I, I, like I did. I, when I, I watched this replay today, and I was like, "What the hell is he doing? I, I, that's killing me." I mean, that horse is. Yeah, in well, I don't really and, blame and the jockey. Going. No, yeah, no, I don't really blame me, the jockey. It's just, it's it just tough. Yeah, this is a tough spot. But you know yeah. what? The horse is not intimidated at all. He goes on with it, and I, we're going to watch the whole thing. I think it's worth watching. By the way, fast fractions, right? Um, he would have every right here he would have every reason to give it up to the horse on the outside, Pete. I mean, how many times have you and I watched a race where in this situation, the wide horse comes over the top and beats yep. both of them, right? Like like 85% of the time, right? The fact that he digs in here, I really like a lot. Even right here, it still looks like, now look at this train on the outside, you know, looks like he might get him. I just love the fight that this horse shows. Now, this is five and a half. <laughs> this has got a whole other ball game. You can see he holds on to win there. This is a whole other ball game he's got on Saturday. He's got to go six and a half. He's got to handle the turf. There's a lot of questions here, but there's not a lot of speed in this race. I like that he was turf meant. I think he can get the distance. I think Hernandez might be able to get the lead if he wants. If not, maybe he can sit off. Uh, and I'm not a huge fan of some of these other ones. There's a lot of horses in here to me that are closers. The one who I like a little bit, by the way, is coming off a layoff for a nice jockey trainer combination, but he's a closer. The two is a closer. The four is a dead closer. Uh, The five coming from Europe, who I would use, is a closer. The six is not good enough. The seven is the obvious danger. The eight is a speed horse who's nothing special. And the nine and ten don't do much for me. So when you look at it that way, and I'll just go ahead and start wrapping up the show here as I put us back on the screen. When you look at it that way, I love the last race. Uh, if he gets the distance, I don't think you're getting 10 to one, but I think we're getting what no. Pete six to one. Yeah. Right? I was thinking even lower potentially. Cause I think this, yeah, this could be a little bit of a buzz. Yeah. But okay. I'm with you. It'd be on my ticket for sure. And all the, the other one I would say is the, you mentioned it was the, the nine is the only other one that had a little bit of mud on the, on the form. And I think at a bomb in a race where, where the favorites are very yeah. weak for the most yeah. part, the nine horse is one. I just want to mention, just make sure that people take a look at it before when you're building your ticket, because this is one that I think could pop because people don't like that. People don't like eighth on the, on the last race. No. So you're going to get some odds on that one. Um, I want to try to, again, keep the shows down to like an hour and 15 max as we have a long week next week. So we're not going to talk through our pick fives. I'll just show there's my pick five. Let me say it out loud because I keep forgetting, by the way, the, the, uh, the people that are now listening to the show uh, replays, Pete, the numbers have gone way up. I'm really excited. I just checked the numbers today. So out of respect to all you that are listening right now, my pick five, this is a caveman pick five, $80. I do not play caveman tickets, uh, which are straight tickets. I use ABC Ticketmaker. But if you were to do a caveman, my sub 100 caveman pick five you see on the screen would be 5-8 with 1-3-7-11-12 with three, four, eight, nine, with four, seven, with three, seven, again, five, eight, 
with 1, 3, 7, 11, 12, with 3, 4, 8, 9, with 4, 7, with 3, 7. I could not find a single in the sequence. There is no one I trust as a single. Uh, Pete's pick five would be a $96 play. He's got 5, 7, with 1, 4, 7, with 4, 5, 9, with 4, 5, 6, 7, with 7, 8. Again, 5, 7, with 1, 4, 7, with 4, 5, 9, with 4, 5, 6, 7, with 7, 8. He has no singles either. You don't have to have a single to hit pick five. That's, again, a whole other conversation. Uh, there's our plays. I just want to look real quickly at the comments. As I look at the comments, Pete, why don't you start closing out the show here? Final thoughts about the pick five on Saturday. I think it's just one, you know, we get a lot of these pick fives that are that have a lot of stakes races in them, and you wind up there being very chalky because you just have, you know, the top horses. And this one, I just think there's a possibility for prices. You have some, at least three or four of the races are wide open. The favorites aren't that strong, which is always the key to hitting a big pick five is if you can beat a couple of the favorites, then you're going to, you're going to build that ticket price up or the, the win price up, I should say. So I think for everybody watching, for everybody in the comments, I think this is one you want to take a shot at, whether it's with our picks, whether it's with your own picks, take a shot at it. Cause I think this one has a potential to, to really, to really bang for a bit. Absolutely. Uh, last thing I want to do, and of course we're going to leave you on P right to the end. Really quick, I want to show what's happening next week. Again, uh, next week, Monday through Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern, we've got great shows lined up. Please tell your friends, neighbors, everyone. If you can't watch live, uh, please watch or listen to replays. Monday and Tuesday, we're talking about all 20 Derby horses. And Monday, we're going to talk about how the post positions might affect the Oaks and the Derby. Wednesday and Thursday, we'll be covering the Friday and Saturday stakes like a glove with the great father-son combination of Frank Mustari and Justin Mustari, the 2021 NHC champion. And a special, who is it going to be? A special surprise guest on Wednesday. Last but not least, if you want information about the podcast, the podcast pool number four, which will include the $1 Superfecta bet for the Kentucky Derby as we're going to group our money together. Click the Show More button below the video player. And also, you're going to want to email me, hkravitzhorse, at gmail.com, and I'll send you a, um, a, a few-page PDF on the rules and how it's going to work. Uh, Pete, another fantastic job, of course. I agree with Pete. The pick five is going to be awesome Saturday. I'm hoping to crush it for everyone in the um, – podcast pool because i do not like the favorites and i think it's a fascinating sequence where everyone can make some money for pete visco this is howard kravitz with episode 131 of the hhh racing podcast i gotta rest my voice for next week excuse me thanks for watching we'll see you it's derby week we'll see you monday night everyone (laughs) take care good night